Welcome to Insight Flicks. This is a movie discussion podcast created by three brothers. My name is Mike. And like always, I'm here with my two brothers, Richard and Raymond. Uh, what we do, we try to get together on a weekly basis to talk about movies. We also talk about the television shows that we watched in the past week. Uh, so what did we watch this week? Uh, Rich, you saw Honest Thief, which is the new Liam Neeson revenge crime thriller, which is now available on Amazon Prime. We're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. I saw the documentary The Last Blockbuster on Netflix. I think we all saw this, so we're going to talk about that, too. Raymond, you saw the South Park vaccination special on HBO Max? Yeah, well, yeah, that's where I watched it. <laughs> And then uh, we're going to end the episode with our kind of really quick review of the first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're also going to give our first reactions to Justice League, the four-hour cut of Zack Snyder's that has just been released on HBO Max. But let's start things off with some really quick news. Uh, let's talk about Yafit Koto, who just passed away. He was a great character actor, a, a African-American character actor who I remember from probably a lot, you know, a lot of things. Running Man, the Arnold Schwarzenegger film, uh, Midnight Run, which uh, with Robert De Niro. He also was a Bond villain. In, uh, yeah, he played, um, uh, he was the Bond villain in uh, Live and Let Die. Um, one of the first James Bond films I saw with Dad and... Uh, uh, I, I grew up with everybody said they grew up with Sean Connery. I grew up with Roger Moore <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I remember him in live and let die, but I also remember him of course in alien An alien. That's probably his, probably his biggest or at least more, most memorable role. We both, me and Rich remember him from a homicide life on the street. He played a G the, the, the main boss detective, uh, and um, yeah, so he passed away. It was uh, just wanted to say, give our thoughts and say that, you know, we loved his performance. He was so, so memorable in Midnight Run, so memorable in Alien. Yeah, Midnight Run. I mean, yeah, um, watch your cigarettes with this guy, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was I was going through the Internet, uh, going through YouTube, and I saw this video of him. And he was, he's at a uh, alien uh, screening, like a, it's got to be some kind of um, anniversary. And he was talking about being there at um, Martha Luther King's famous speech of I Have a Dream. He was there live in person with watching him. Huh. And he was telling this great story about how years later, he's with his daughter and he's t- retelling the story that he's, because uh, Martha Luther King famously said it, delivered that speech in, at the Lincoln Memorial. Mm-hmm. And he's with his daughter. He's t- retell, you know, he's at the Lincoln Memorial. And he's retelling the story about how he saw King's speech that day, and then he had like this encounter with uh, with fans. And let me just play the clip because I thought it was a sweet story. And we went to the spot where we were. I was standing, and I was telling her how years before I had stood there listening to Dr. King's speech, and a and a, um, a bus pulled up with uh, a bunch of children from Japan. And they ran out, got out of the bus and they ran towards me. And they were, I, I couldn't understand what they were speaking, I was speaking their language. But there was one thing I, that blew me away, was the fact that they all were saying one word, alien. <laughs> and at that moment, it was so spooky because 
I'd realized that the dream had come true. I was now known all throughout the world. The movie opened the door up for women. Never before in the history of movies have we seen a heroic woman do what Sigourney did. And all other movies after that portrayed women in those heroic worlds. And it was the first time an African-American had been seen uh, in, in a role like that. Uh, and so today, we see, we see women and African-Americans in those heroic roles because of this man right here. Thank you, Ridley. God bless you. Yeah, and that's uh, he's pointing to Ridley Scott, who's the, who's the director, and he's there in that screening. I, yeah, I never really realized how important his role in Alien was. That he was the one of the first kind of big, uh, first prominent African American role in a sci fi movie like that, a big blockbuster that was famous everywhere. It was just a, a great story that he told. Sure, I mean, uh, it's just like uh, the Star Trek television series. I mean, how. Um Nichelle Nichols, um, I mean, how, you know, the, her story about her with, doc, uh, Dr. With Dr. Luther, Luther King. King yeah. yeah. Just to be, uh, you know, how Dr. King, uh, well, Nichelle, well, I think she, she, wanted, she wanted to leave the show and after the first season or whatever. And it was, and, uh, and, and uh, her meeting with Dr. Martin Luther King, who, who uh, was a fan of the show and fan of her being on the show, inspired her to, to stay on the show because she represented, um, Everyone African American. I mean, basically, I mean, yeah. she was the only one on television at that point, point. Yeah. and the show was featured in the future. Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, that's a good story too. Um, yeah, so rest in peace, Yafik Koda, great actor, and uh, I encourage everyone to check out his work. All right, let's get into our first uh, movie. Uh, Rich, let's talk. Let's talk about um, Honest Thief. This is the Liam Neeson. I mean, that's quite a different, quite a segue here we got here. But Liam Neeson, you know, this is a crime thriller. That's uh, I think it was released in theaters like, like early January, but now it's available everywhere on Amazon Prime. If you have a an Amazon subscription, uh, I guess the Neeson basically he plays a veteran bank robber who, uh, you know, he wants to clear his guilty conscience. Yeah, he uh, met a woman and uh, wants to clear his guilty conscience and get married. And uh, He makes a deal with the FBI. To serve a, a minimal um, um, jail time. Uh, jail time and, uh, and, you know, serve some time and get off free. So on the verge of turning himself in, he suddenly gets double-crossed by a couple of corrupt agents. Mm -hmm. And now he's forced to go on the run and he needs to settle the score. So, what's your thoughts on this Liam Neeson vehicle? Yeah, I mean, uh, um, I was at first hesitant because uh, Liam Neeson's recent choices uh, weren't very well received, you could say, and uh, on film roles, especially uh, I think um, uh, these particular film roles. Uh, um, the last one I saw was probably Cold Pursuit, and. I thought it was okay at the very least, you know, but you know, it wasn't anything to, you know, thrilling, really thrilling about it. But, um, I heard even worse about the marksman that's just currently on theaters. Um, but honest thief, I, I, I thought it was, a um, a, a pretty good, uh, take on taking rip off or whatever. I mean, it, it's, it's a good, uh, action thriller. And, um, 
I, I liked it a lot more compared to um, most. And uh, I think uh, it was good performances by uh, Liam Neeson and um, Robert Patrick and um, Jeffrey Donovan, the, who I really enjoyed on the on his television series uh, Burn Notice. And I think um, uh, the film deserves a, a watch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, you, it's uh, out, what, what would it's you give it? There. What would you give it? I I give it a, a solid C plus B minus. Wow, really? Yeah, because I didn't expect it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I really <laughs> expected to be uh, watched. You know, first fifteen minutes and shut it off, mm. and I didn't. And, and I, I'm you know I liked it enough. Okay. So that's Honest Steve. That's available on Amazon Prime right now. Uh, I watched the documentary, The Last Blockbuster, and I, I think Raymond, you saw this too. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> and you, Rich, you saw like the last couple of minutes, or no, you saw like most of it, I think, right? From what I, uh, yeah, from what I saw, it wasn't. It was just another puff piece on Blockbuster. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a bunch of, um, you know, if if your your star uh, interview is Kevin Smith, uh, you're not going high, very high. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, I found it to be very kind of uh it's a it's an okay. I mean, it's it's the well, I should say that this is about the blockbuster the the kind of iconic um video rental store franchise that was very popular in the 90s but now has died off. And it also tells the story of the very last blockbuster store in uh Bent, Oregon. Uh, which is run by a general manager named Sandy. And I think once they focus on Sandy's part, her story, I think that's it's interesting. Everything else, it feels very kind of, uh, I don't know, just not that great. I mean... Um, yeah, it was a puff piece. I, I never liked Blockbuster. <laughs> I, was a, I was a mom and pop store. I mean, uh, I would, you know, Blockbuster always overcharged for their videos. Yeah. It, <laughs> and, I, and their late fees were pff, forget about. It, yeah, I mean, it, it was like kind of revision, revisionist history type stuff here. I like Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> well, so of course, did, you don't care about late fees. <laughs> but so, did, uh, Raymond, you did you get a kick out out of watching this uh, documentary? No, I think this is one of the worst documentaries I've ever seen in my entire life. Wow. I think this is essentially a 20-minute uh, documentary short that's stretched to a feature length. It's complete garbage. I don't recommend anybody to waste their time with this. Yeah, I mean, the biggest person they could get for this was Kevin Smith, and everything he says on here, he's already said before some, yeah. some other place. I mean, you're not getting anything new here. Everybody else that's here is just like a bunch of lame comedians and just like <laughs> actors that show up for guest roles in really crappy sitcoms. Like, you really and, care what Doug Benson has to say about it? Yeah, I mean, you care about Jamie Kennedy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and it's it's horrible. And they're just doing lame bits. This is very super stretched out. And then the people in the comedy, or not the block, but the last blockbuster start doing comedy bits too, and that's even worse. Oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> They really lean heavily on the comedy. Basically, they interview all comedians except uh, I think Adam Brody is in it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know they they lean heavily on the comedy. The the comedians. Well, at least he he actually worked there, like uh, Paul Shear. I mean, I mean, at least they had some. They could have had. They could have had. Sheer some, <laughs> Paul Shear, yeah. At least they could have added something to it as as actually being you know work in there. I mean, but 
They didn't really. I mean, no. they didn't have any stories that really, uh, or didn't have any cool stories to say about it. And Ron Funches, oh my God, <laughs> got so annoying by the end. I was going, wow, I'm glad I didn't see the first 20 minutes or whatever. <laughs> Not as annoying as Doug Benson, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's, that's true. And I think they're trying, they were, they were confusing the fact that the blockbuster is, I mean, they're saying like Blockbuster was the last video rental store. I know. In all time. The reason why they're the last one is because they pushed all the local stores out. Mm -hmm. I mean, they really ruined the video market in the 90s because there was such a big franchise. It's like doing a documentary on Amazon 20 years from now saying that, how, wow, that you used to get your books from there, you know, from Amazon <laughs> yeah. when they put, they, they ruined the, the local bookstore, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's so, it's revisionist history. I never liked Blockbuster. It, they charged a lot. I hated them. I liked it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the people, there's people that liked it. I mean, yeah. But, um, I mean, I just want to keep talking about what a terrible documentary it is. <laughs> like, can, can you believe they spent, like, I think over five minutes of everyone in the documentary, all these horrible comedians just staring at a, a VHS? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Their reactions to a VHS. And most of their reactions was like, who cares? It's a VHS. But they still spend, like, a good, like, 30 seconds on each one of them. And it's, it's Oh, the uh, smell. <laughs> the smell. It smells just like, mm -hmm. oh, wow. Br brings me back. <laughs> Rich, what's some of your blockbuster stories? Your own personal blockbuster stories? Look at these prices for the fucking popcorn and shit. I mean, you I me. Mean, I go into I go into a blockbuster and I'm, I'm looking for. Actually, I, I'm never renting from there. I actually go to Hollywood Video across the street. I like uh, both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But um, you know, I I used to go with people who rented from them, so I just go with them, and I just go, you know, I just walk around and go, oh, look at all these empty boxes because everything's already been taken anyway. Mm. Um, all these new releases, they're mm. all look at all these. Wow, it looks, you know, like oh, we could rent that. No, we can't. It's an empty box. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I know, I know, I go to mom and pop places where they know me, and they, they know I bring it back all the time, so they they hold stuff for me, mm. and, and you know. I support the locals. <laughs> oh, back and, in the day, yeah, like, yeah, back in the days. Like, uh, the, uh, what was some of the places like Laser? Di what was it, Laser D? Well, yeah, Laser D. But that's when when I started going the Laser Disc uh, route, and uh, that's where that was the only place where you could uh, near us that we could rent from uh, a Laser Disc from Orange County. But um, no, but yeah, I mean. Uh, I think one of the last ones was probably Eminem video uh, in Placentia way back when. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, all throughout the 80s, I rented Beta for Christ's sake. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I remember watching um, Michael Jackson's Thriller on Beta. Sure, I mean, but, Thriller, yeah, the Thriller video on but Beta. But the tapes, the tapes themselves, they were 80 bucks back in the day. Right, right, expensive. I mean, well, just just as a as a as a consumer. Price. Right, 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 right. But you know, anyway, I mean, you're not gonna get that. No, <laughs> no, uh, uh, the last blockbuster. <laughs> what was your memories, Raymond, of of blockbuster? Um, well, well, I have memories. Um, as as a little kid, going all the time with uh, with with dad. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember um. Watch getting a bunch of uh, Jim Carrey movies for the first time on uh, VHSs from Blockbuster, and I remember renting a bunch of like Hanna Barbera cartoons, mm. and um, 
Eventually, I kind of just stopped that because I, I, I started collecting VHSs and then that transitioned to collecting blue, uh, to DVDs and Blu-rays and 4K and I've always just been purchasing stuff. Yeah. But I remember um, in the good years, like, or maybe they were, it wasn't good years for Blockbuster, but <laughs> yeah. the, the years, like the last 10 years that they were around, like they were greatly like reducing prices and, on, on everything and they oh. were like... Like just like giving a lot of stuff away, and that was a lot of that was going on while I was in high school, and that was the perfect time for me because I remember just always like going there and like buying movies very cheap. Uh, you're like, talking about movies. VHS at the time or DVDs? No, I'm talking about Blu-rays. Blu-rays, DVDs, oh, okay. DVDs, DVDs. I guess okay. high high school or Blu-rays. Yeah, Blu-rays. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> No, they, they yeah they did the they they recycled them and um, they tried to get rid of them you know by the end yeah definitely yeah and you could get them pretty cheap and I would always have extra cases so I would I would just switch them out and um, yeah that was cool and um, I guess that's all I remember <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I just remember that the, once you step in and get a a whole uh, big old stack of uh, Microwave popcorn, which explains the smell that they're going to explain. Um, there they go. You know, look at that smell. Oh, that's the microwave popcorn. You said they always put a whole pile in the front. And then, and then just, they, yeah, just they would candy do those deals. Then, they yeah. would do those deals where you get like a, a, a like bucket and, and two and, and for rental. You get a, you could get a bucket with two microwave packs of uh, microwave popcorn or something like that for the night or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I was in high school in the, in the area I was living in, there was only a Blockbuster. Mm -hmm. That was all we had. There was no like mom and pop shops or anything like that. There was a there was a Blockbuster that was across the street from my house, and there was a, a Hollywood video that was like miles away. And yeah, I always went all the time to the um, to the Blockbuster because <laughs> I could just walk there. <laughs> yeah, they were everywhere. That's for sure. Yeah, there were every block, basically. Um, let's um, really quick, let's grade this. Um, I give this a, a D. <laughs> I was not impressed by this. Uh, again, I'm not a big Blockbuster fan. I kind of hated the fact that they pushed out the, the mom and pop stores out. I mean, this really is a franchise. I don't know why all these guys were having these loving memories of this big franchise that just... It's like a very big corporate machine. Anyway, uh, what was your what's your grade, Rich? Rich, I I can't really grade it because I didn't watch it all. So, um, but I, it it wouldn't be pleasant <laughs> if I did. So, I do, uh, I, let me mention that that Sandy, who is the manager of the last blockbuster, she is a very nice person. She yeah. seems like she runs the business how you should, like a local uh, uh, rental store. So she's very good, and every time they talk about her life. I was interested, but most of the time it's just a bunch of dumb jokes about how we used to watch VHS as a kid or whatever. Raymond, what what what, what grade would you give this? Um, I guess I would give it kind of like a two or two point five out of ten. So like it it gets like a D minus. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, it's get, I think it's getting pretty good reviews. I mean, is again, it? this is uh, uh, this is very much into that '90s nostalgia. Which is a, a becoming a thing now. It's like yeah. a, everything is now '90s nostalgia, and this is a, dude. A, they, they they there's a whole segment dedicated to the Captain Marvel trailer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I like the I like how I, that's one of the few scenes I liked in the Captain Marvel movie. But I mean, 
<laughs> do it like that. You know, just give us a little bit of fan service, uh, 90s nostalgia in the movie, like in the quick scene. Don't make a crappy hour and a half dragged out documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this seems more like a, more suitable for vi- uh, for YouTube shorts, you know, or yeah. YouTube documentary yeah. shorts or something like that. Yeah, because this should only be 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so let's get to uh, South Park vaccination special. Uh, Raymond, you saw this. Uh, talk about it. Okay, well, um, it, was, it, was, it was okay. It, it was okay. But for me, it was a, a little bit of a letdown because I thought the, the their last special, I think it was the pandemic special. Mm-hmm. I thought I this thought, was pandemic special. No, this is the, the new special. Vaccination special. Oh, okay. And I thought, the, I thought the last special was awesome. I thought it was hilarious. And I thought, you know, the last season was also, you know, re- really, really strong. And this, this one kind of just... This special kind of just felt a little late. It felt like all all the jokes were um, just old. Mm. And um, at a certain point, there's like this whole uh, uh, segment with um, Mr. Garrison that basically just turns into like a, a like their version of that like um, that Looney Tunes bit. Did you guys watch the special? No, no. Okay, yeah, it's basically like it turns into uh, the Looney Tunes cartoon Duck Amok. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's the one where uh, Daffy Duck, where he's communicating with the artist, and the artist is like, you know, rewriting him and redrawing him. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? I, I mean, it sounds familiar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I just it was it was kind of it was just kind of kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and all all the vaccination jokes and stuff just felt dated. Mm. And yeah, it was just, it, it wasn't bad. I, if you're a South Park fan, I think it's still worth checking out. But I mean, it's definitely not as good as the pandemic special. If you, that pandemic special was really funny. It felt fresh. This felt a little tired. You think they rushed it, maybe? Yeah, I think maybe it came out late. <laughs> mm, okay. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's get to our. Um, um, well, Mark- before that, I want to just uh, say. Uh, I want to do a follow-up on uh, Resident Alien, the new sci-fi series with Alan Tudyuk. It's fantastic. If you haven't started watching, watch it. How many episodes are there? It's, so far, it's only two episodes left, um, but the total is uh, just 10, 10 episodes. And what, what's it about, cool. Rich? Well, Alan, Alan Tudyuk plays an alien, and nobody can tell except a, a little kid mm-hmm. in a small um, town in, uh, I forget where, but, you know, some kind of like... Um, some kind of Eureka. <laughs> I don't know. Some kind of a, Oh, it's a, a Colorado town, small mm-hmm. Colorado town. And he takes over the body of a, of a doctor and he has to go into the small town as a doctor. So, and disguise basically a little bit of fish, fish out of water, a little bit of sci-fi. It's a very good comedy with Alan yeah. Tudyuk doing a really great performance. I saw, I'm watching the series also and I do, I highly re- recommend it as well. All right, so let's get into I, it. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I hate to be. I hate to see it be one of those uh, brilliant but canceled. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Watch it. Try it. It's on Sci-Fi Network. It's a. It's a. I don't know where you can find it. <laughs> I think <laughs> they're going to pick it up on uh, Hulu eventually. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. So let's get into uh, the new Marvel series on Disney Plus. The first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The stars Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. Uh, limited action series, I think six episodes. I believe it's will be. Uh, 
maybe a little bit more. No, I think it's six episodes, whatever it's, whatever the case is. And this is, you know, basically the, the, this starts off right after Endgame and uh, Sam and Bucky or, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier are joining forces and they try, they're trying to step up and fill in that hole left by uh, Captain America, their mutual friend. And um, yeah, so let's talk about it. Rich, what's your thoughts on the first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Um, I liked it. I really liked it. I mean, compared to uh, the beginning of WandaVision, this is fantastic. I could, I could, I could see where the money was spent in this in this show. <laughs> um, this is action packed. This is Marvel. Yeah. This is Marvel doing mar- what Marvel does. Although, although I, I didn't really like the director on the first episode because uh, her, uh, I believe it's a woman. It was a woman. I don't. I like her choices. Um, at the very opening scenes, it starts off with the um, uh, directly into action with Falcon, um, uh, uh, Anthony Mackie, and uh, I was going, mm, "This, this, this is working. This is working." I mean, this is exactly. I mean, this is very um, formulaic for uh, an action series. I mean, it was nothing but it, it introduced uh, that Anthony Ma- or, or Falcon is still working for the. Um, the, the government the government basically yeah. and he's still a soldier that's what you got to find out i mean you got to find out what these characters are doing now and we find out that he's doing he's, he's still working under the u.s he's not making that much money <laughs> uh, yeah apparently we find out eventually that he, he's not making avengers bucks but yeah. um but uh there's he's got a new partner basically um uh joaquin torres and i kind of like him and by the end i, I i'm in, i'm really interested in him and, this new, you mean the new character, uh, Torres? Yeah, new, yeah, I think he um, he's going to be a, a pivotal part in the series. So um, um, that's what it seems like. Yeah, and the the introduction of Sebastian Stan's character, I really enjoyed also. But I didn't like the um, the the uh, the direction wise in the um, some of the scenes on, there on yeah. the, on the scenes on especially when the psychiatrist. Mm. I, I didn't like the uh, the camera angles and stuff like that. It was very. Tom Hall, um, Tom Hooper ish, <laughs> and uh, but other than that, I mean, it, it, the the sh- the show was it was fine how it is. I mean, it, it was um, except for the very last shot, of course. All right, uh, uh, Raymond, what's your thoughts on uh, the first this first episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a, a bit different than Rich. When when uh, when the, the when the show began, I thought it was absolutely fantastic um i thought the opening action and scene with falcon was amazing mm-hmm. uh, i loved it i mean i think part of the reason why i loved it so much is because we really never got to see falcon really displayed like this and really use his power or his not his powers but see use his uh, you know abilities or his flying abilities his skills his yeah, yeah his well the skills. most we saw was in ant-man i guess and, and yeah, and he got his ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's so uh, badass here, and I, I I loved it. I thought it was a great intro, and also you know, I I think in the MC in the MCU, Anthony Mackie like never really got the uh, the opportunity to really show off his like charm, mm-hmm. and like he's like a a really funny, likable dude. Like if you ever watch like him on the junkets, I mean he's he's just a ton of fun. Yeah, and he really gets to finally bring that to the MCU where you want to see him. You know, you know, display all of that. And uh, yeah, this is a great uh, showcase for him. And um, yeah, I, I agree with Rich that the op- the uh, the introduction scene of uh, Winter Soldier is also absolutely 
epic. It feels like something from, like from the Winter Soldier movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awesome. And uh, I love all that they're trying to do with with uh, with Bucky, with him trying to like be uh, more uh, he, uh, human again and like kind of fit fit in again, I guess, fit mm-hmm. in again. And um, all the stuff with uh, him kind of communicating with the families of his victims is just it's just it's just fantastic. I really I really love that. Yeah, you really feel for him. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I I love all of this, and I actually thought the direction was pretty cool because it was it was different. It was different, and I I appreciate that. <laughs> what I what I don't like about the series, I do have a criticism different mm-hmm. from Richards. <laughs> <laughs> I think the writing. I love the plotting. I love everything that they're doing, but I think the writing is actually pretty um, a step beneath what we've gotten from MCU, mm. especially for something that's supposed to be following up, uh, or not following up, but that's basically you know. Uh, um, a, c- a continuation to Captain America, uh, Winter Soldier, and Civil War, and in many ways also Captain America, or not Captain America, Avengers, uh, Infinity War, and Endgame, which are four of, in my opinion, four of the the better written, or probably four of the best written uh, MCU movies that we've gotten. And this really just, in my opinion, like I I, I love the stuff that tra- they're trying to do with Falcon and, and 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 Bucky, but a lot of it at times kind of felt like like CW writing and stuff. Mm. And I was like, this is, this is not what I uh, was expecting from, um, again, from this. Mm -hmm. And I I was very surprised by it. So I I decided to like go on IMDB and like kind of look up the, like who who wrote this episode and who who, like, and I I saw it's written by Malcolm Spellman, who's actually the creator of the series. I'm assuming the showrunner. And I, I am not a fan of his work. <laughs> I am not a fan of his work. I mean, luckily he didn't write all the episodes. He only wrote two episodes. And I, and I trust that the overall story is going to be great because I'm loving it so far. And I know that some of the other writers on this series are actually really good writers. But this guy, man, he, he's best known for writing the like Carlos Mencia movie, Our Family Wedding. <laughs> but and, I think uh, he also he, the he Empire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of the worst written shows. Like, <laughs> like we and we watched the season of and a half of Empire, right? Like I love what they were trying to do with the series, but it was so poorly written. I was like, oh, <laughs> I had to quit. <laughs> and I think you guys did too. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, like, we eventually dropped it. Yeah. I think I don't and, think we go. Pa- wait, I don't think we went past like season. Two, and yeah. I might have went half a three. I'm not sure. <laughs> Look, but I'm not sure it, what, what episodes uh, he wrote, but yeah, you know. the writing's not terrible. But it's just I I expect more from this series. It's still really good. I still highly recommend people watch it. It's awesome. The action kicks ass. They're doing great stuff. It's just the writing. It's like uh, it's a little beneath the MCU. Well, I didn't find uh, personally. I didn't find the writing that bad. I think uh, I think they bring up really great issues uh, uh i agree with that i agree with everything that they're doing yeah i, I even but i don't I, I don't know i have i need i need a little i maybe i need to watch a couple more episodes to really figure out if the dialogue is any is if the dialogue needs work, it was more but, dialogue for me it was right. more dialogue for me well, I do like the fact that they we, we're seeing a more personal look at these Avengers. Right. We've seen their personal lives, which we never got from the movies. We see, I mean, we... we, we once well, not, seen, not these characters anyway. Right. And then we've seen that they're, they're struggling f- financially, which is a great um, addition to this you know MCU. 
But uh, I wish that would have been executed a bit better. I love the idea of it, but but it seems like this whole the whole series, the whole miniseries is going to be the I, I think the idea of the or at least the concept of it of it is that who is worthy enough to carry the the shield, you know, Captain America's shield. Mm-hmm. Is it Anthony Mackie or is it this new guy who the government's pushing out, promoting? And I think I like that idea. I like the Me idea too. that we is it going to be this guy, this 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 government sponsored figurehead, or is it going to be this real hero, Anthony Mackie, who's financially struggling? He is, uh, and also we find that you know because he has been missing from the five years in the blip, right? He came back five years. That his family is kind of disorganized. They they're 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 struggling, you know. And I like the fact that we see like 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 everyone the, that's been blipped is struggling. That's yeah, crazy. Was, I like to see. Uh, uh, that's what I liked about the the series, and hopefully they do this with other series that we see the the aftermath of the of this blip. The 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 fact that people have been missing for five five years, and it's not a, a welcome homecoming. It's really kind of a sad and tragic thing. That's what I really liked about the series. Or this first but episode. I thought it could have been more tragic and more sad. <laughs> well, I mean, this is just the beginning. This is just yeah, the no, first chapter. One. This, this, yeah, it's <laughs> just the first chapter. I mean, this is. I like how we we know that Baron Zemo is coming in. So, uh, uh, and it's it's kind of seems like he wasn't blipped. So he's got he's got five years to uh, well, maybe he make was. up a, Who knows? to make up a plan and. Uh, um, and there's obviously um, more super super uh, power people out there. So mm, yeah, that's right. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking forward to the next. Um, yeah, it's, it certainly yeah. seems like there's a there's a new chapter here in the MCU. It's a uh, it's this um, the aftermath of the blip is seems like everyone's struggling, everyone's in in, in pain. And it's a, a much. It seems like the next uh, stage of of the MCU. It's going to be much darker and much more. Um, I don't know, bleak maybe. Do you guys think there's going to be any like like speculating with the series, like there was with WandaVision, or is it's just going to be straightforward series? No, it's a straightforward series. Then I wish this had come out before WandaVision. It, well, it was supposed to, but um, I think yeah. Well, because the well, the pandemic, they they pushed this one back. I, I, let's uh, just thumbs up or thumbs down. <laughs> let's, thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs up. This is this is. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot too. It's just you know don't don't expect quite Winter Soldier quality. You know, <laughs> Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah. At least not yet. <laughs> uh, no, I I liked it except the last shot. I mean, go, <laughs> I mean just just. Different angle. Look, yeah, there are some shots in here that don't work, but I still appreciate that they're doing something different with a lot of them. <laughs> all right, um, all right. Let's get to our final. Let's get to our final review, which is um, Justice League or Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is the four-hour R-rated cut. This is going to be a, just our first reactions because we're going to do another episode where we're just going to do spoiler a spoiler episode. Because we really want to delve into some of the the scenes of the Justice League, mm-hmm. but uh, for those who don't know, this is a uh, the twenty seventeen Justice League, but it it was re edited, recut, restored into this four hour Zack Snyder cut. This has extended scenes. We get more f- Flash and Cyborg's backstories. We get more uh, more uh, special effects. Uh, a really big third act in this movie that mm-hmm. we didn't see we, we didn't get in the original cut 
dark side is in this. Um, so, um, and luckily, not that much more Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, just basically the same amount. <laughs> so, uh, and like like I was saying, this was kind of a grassroots um, a movement from the fans. For whatever reason, Zack Snyder got his his opportunity to do this. Really, a once in a lifetime type of thing. I never heard of someone coming back after what five years and re uh, getting a chance to finish his original vision. Well, Richard Donner. Yeah, but like... That was like 20 years. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, but... Zach was actually able to still use the same cast again to do a shoot an extra scene and a bunch yeah. of the stuff. Like, uh, that, that's, I, know, I don't think that's ever happened, right? Yeah, that is crazy. And it's really because they want... Uh, HBO Max wanted to have something in their arsenal, and so they got this uh, four-hour cut of Justice League. Raymond, what is your first reaction? Okay, well, yeah, I... I I saw the 2017 cut in theaters with you guys, and mm-hmm. I, I, I really enjoyed it. But I went into that movie um, wanting to love it because I, 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 lo- I love DC. I'm, I've always, you know, been a, a DC guy over, over Marvel. You know, like both, but oh, we like DC more over Marvel. But you know, I wasn't really a fan of the Zack Snyder directed DC films. I wasn't a fan of Man of Steel or Batman vs Superman. So. Um, you know, going into the Snyder Cut, I was, you know, excited for it because of the thought of getting a coherent cut of the 2017 version. You know, it's it, that that sounds fantastic because I like that movie and to get one that actually makes sense. It's like, yeah, hell yeah. But um, at the same time, it's like, a, but that's a four hour sequel to Batman vs Superman, a movie I did, I did not like. Mm-hmm. And that that worried me, even though I will say right now, before I get to my review of uh the Snyder Cut, is that I, I did re- recently rewatch Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. And I watched Batman vs. Superman, the ultimate cut, for my first time. I, yeah. I was under the impression that I had seen the ultimate cut before, but I guess I must have fallen asleep or something. <laughs> and I, this was my first time actually experiencing the ultimate cut for the first time. And while I still think the third act of the movie is a mess, <laughs> a lot of my issues with the movie were completely fixed. And I think the movie flew a lot better. And I actually appreciate Snyder's vision for BVS now. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily love the movie, but I appreciate his vision for that movie now. But I just wanted to say that. Okay. Uh, well, um, yeah. So going going into Snyder Cut, uh, was hoping for the best. And I'm, you know, really really happy to say that you know everything I loved about the 2017 version is in this version and. It's so much better. This is the superior version. I mean, the story actually makes sense. All the characters are fleshed out. The villains are actually menacing. Uh, the characters actually work as a team. All the motivations make sense. The editing isn't jarring anymore. Like it, the effects are completed. <laughs> no more ma- uh, it's m- the same, mustache gate. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's the same plot of of the first movie, but it it all clicks together and makes sense and this is like really the first time that i was really able to appreciate Zack snyder's visuals for this uh the dc universe and man i i just i i absolutely love this movie it really felt like uh like the the, everything i love about dc like every whenever i read finish reading a a great dc comics or, or or finish completing a, a, a fantastic like a DC related video game this kind of 
this evoked all of that. It, it was, it was, it was perfect. I mean, this is this is this is exactly what a Justice League movie needed to be, and I, I, I am, I mean, I'm so happy the fans uh, made this made this happen because I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I am shocked. <laughs> uh, Rich, what's your thoughts on Zack Snyder's Justice League, the four hour cut? Well. Like Raymond, I just saw Man of Steel and I just saw the ultimate uh, cut of the uh, what was it BVS, and and I I too appreciated BVS a lot more um, seeing the ultimate edition, and I still understood it a lot more, and um, but I didn't I mean, they really you know, I didn't I, that theatrical cut yeah I didn't really um, I didn't you know uh, love it but but. Uh, and I, I appreciate it more than the theatrical cut, of course. Uh, and I could say the same thing about this one. Also, um, I, I I agree with Raymond. It's that's far superior than the uh, the Joss Whedon cut or whatever edition. And I could, but I, I do also understand how Warner Brothers uh, wanted. There, I know there's this. This is Zack Snyder's complete complete edition. But I know he could have edited it down to a three hour cut. But oh, I, yeah. know, sure, I know, I sure. know, I know. Warner Brothers would never put out a three-hour cut. They wanted a two-hour cut, which is why they hired Joss Whedon to to do it. And from um, I I think I thought Joss Whedon's cut was fine for what it was. I mean, I wasn't into it. I mean, uh, after watching BBS, you know, BBS the regular cut, I was wasn't really looking forward to uh, the uh, the regular Justice League. Or whatever, I didn't expect much in it, and that's exactly what I got. I mean, with the Joss Whedon cut, this one um, surprised me because I didn't expect to to enjoy it so much. Um, I hated the ending, <laughs> the uh, epilogue, mm. Mm. Uh, but other than that, the only other thing, uh, the very beginning, it took me a while to get used to the uh, one three three aspect ratio. Took me at least a half hour to get used to it because I didn't expect. <laughs> I thought that was all all in the trailers and mm. and uh, but yeah, I, I I knew I know that's the uh, the full you get the full image. Yeah, the full image was was involved in there and was on on your screen. But um, yeah, and and I, I understand that uh, Zack Snyder um, is saying that he he preferred this movie to be in black and white, and you could totally tell because. I had to put my saturation up all the way. <laughs> I put it up to like eighty just to get you know. I, I want to. I want some more color in this thing. <laughs> and, and, and I go, uh, you yeah. know. And so, but you liked it. I liked it. Okay. The only thing I, that I have the most critique is Wonder Woman's scenes. Um, I didn't like her um, music. Mm. The, the, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I, it, it was cool, but it it was just so frequent, and it got annoying after a while. Especially yeah. like when they were like, they play it like two minutes in, and then, then like three minutes in, and then like every time she makes an appearance, it's playing again. It's like, yeah. come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, Willem Dafoe's hair. Oh. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> or about Mara's accent. <laughs> that was that was weird. <laughs> Uh yeah, uh, just I'll give you my thoughts real quick. Like you, I I I saw it this week. Uh, Man of Steel, rewatched that, and BVS, the Ultimate Edition, uh, which was a three-hour cut, right? It's a three-hour cut. Yeah, yeah. And the Man of Steel never, the Man of Steel never got a director's cut, huh? 
Oh, yeah. Man of Steel? No. No, right? Oh, I, I think that was it. I mean, just a, Just a theatrical cut, right? <clears throat> so, yeah, um, I still have issues with Man of Steel, personally. So when I came in watching Justice League, um, like you, we like we like you were mentioning, we saw this in theaters, the original cut in theaters, and we had a good time watching it. It said we said I think we said at the time that, yeah, this is kind of a typical, ordinary kind of bad comic book movie, but you know we had a a decent time. Yeah. Well, I remember I remember saying uh, it felt to me like watching the the Justice League cartoon from when I was a kid, but it felt like watching a bad episode. <laughs> but but yeah, we, you know, it was it was still the Justice League. This yeah, we, felt like watching a great episode. <laughs> yeah, we didn't hate the the original cut like a lot of people did. And so when I came into this, I I was thinking cuz I personally loved uh, Man of Steel the first time I watched it. Not loved, but I thought it was really good. And hated, hated Batman versus Superman because I thought that was just a terrible movie, didn't make any sense. Now it's the reverse. <laughs> After rewatching it and watching the ultimate edition of uh, BVS, uh, Man of Steel doesn't hold up for me. Um, I think it's, it just, I don't know, I don't like the camera mu- uh, movements in, in Man of Steel. It's very shaky, it has this documentary style. It just threw very me off. Malik. Very Terrence Malick. Uh, it's constantly moving the camera. I couldn't get into it. And I, and I go, what? why did I like this movie? <laughs> Batman versus Superman, on the other hand, I go, oh my God, this is, this is, yes, it's grim. It's bleak, like like everyone was saying. Yeah. And But I loved it the second time, or this new time. Well, the first time, because this is the first time I watched the Ultimate uh, Cut. Right. And I really enjoyed it. And I thought this was actually... And this got me excited to watch the Justice League. So when I saw the Justice League, and then I have to admit, I had to watch it a couple of times because I fell asleep. I watched like the first hour, fell asleep, and I go, okay, I'll stop there. Watch the second hour, fell asleep again, <laughs> and then, then I finished it. But I mean, that's just because I'm I'm just a, I'm getting old, and you know I can't sit through a four hour movie anymore. But I I really enjoyed the movie. I it, it, this is a, it, an operatic superhero opera this is an opera this is like a, I agree. a this is just like a gorgeous film and it is a uh thrilling and and, and i can't believe that there was so much uh, footage that they cut from the original for the for the theatrical cut i mean there's so much stuff that they cut out that worked in this thing and it um and there's so much that there's so much stuff that they cut out that's very baffling because of because like I'll, I'll, I want to talk about one quick moment in the okay. third act, but I won't spoil it. But there's a scene in the third act with the Flash that just it's it's one of my favorite moments to ever happen in a comic book movie. It just it made me cheer. It, I, I had uh, I had uh, just tears of joy going down my face. Mm. I love this scene. Mm. But um, they literally cut that out of the theatrical cut to put Flash saving the Russian family. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that like because I, I i didn't hate that scene in the theatrical cut because i thought you know it was good use of flash and we got that little race between superman and flash and but holy crap how do you cut out the scene that we got in the real version <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, like, it's baffling it why it's no sense yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> it's bad i mean you know, look like i really i really i think this is a visual masterpiece i think that's a, a given the story itself yeah, it's like it is what it is. It's not. It's not. It's not a terrible story. It's. It's a very. 
very simple it's simple like the avengers yeah or, it's, it's um, yeah you got the mother boxes which could be the infinity stones the same thing here it's dark side mm-hmm. it's could be thantos or whatever i mean it's 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 almost the same thing but i i zach snyder is really a visual master <laughs> i mean I, I look a week ago I thought Zack Snyder was kind of like just like you know you know video guy, a commercial guy, video you know music video dude, who did who does kind of okay movies. After we watching after this week after we watching all his like uh, Snyder verse movies, the guy's a, a visual master. <laughs> I mean, I, I totally one hundred and eighty degree degree of of my opinion on this guy. I really I think. I think the world of him. Wow, <laughs> I, I, I'm so happy for him because he kind of totally redeemed himself for, with this. <laughs> and I, I didn't think it was possible. I didn't think it was even reachable that he was able to do this. And he had so much crap against him. He had a a fan base that kind of hated him. Well, he had a fan base that loves him too, but he has like so many critics that didn't like his work, and there's there's still a lot of critics who didn't like this at all. Yeah, I'll admit I was a skeptic. I, I didn't think that he was going to pull it off. I mean, uh, the, but he the, did. Yeah, he did. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm, uh, but I I also could easily cut off thirty minutes in my mind right oh, away. Oh sure, sure, sure. This is yeah, very, but but for the for the HB for the HBO Max version. Yeah, I I'm mean, okay with it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's his it's his director, it's his cut. Is it's his director's cut? I mean, you know, eight, uh, WBB damned. He, this is it. This is yeah. it. I mean, and it's a. I, I found it to be very very emotional. I mean, just because Zack Snyder, you know what Zack Snyder had to go through. I mean, he he le- he left the project because of of a family tragedy. His his daughter committed suicide, mm-hmm. and he he dedicated the movie to to her. It was. I mean, it's a, it's a. Of, I mean, you, you can't help but like feel for the whole family. You know, Deborah Snyder is a producer. Mm-hmm. She produces all his movies, and this is a family affair. It's so, it's so, so, it's so, it's, so, it's a beautiful tribute to his daughter. I mean, and in fact, that this is about a resurrection of a hero. This is about a rebirth. You know, so it's like there's, you know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, Zack Snyder. I my hat's off to you. You did it, man. You did it. Because I, I didn't see it coming. Literally a week ago, I go, Zack Snyder was just kind of a bad director. This this week, he's a great filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, literally a great visual filmmaker. He still needs maybe work on the on the screenplay, but a lot of directors are like that. They need screenwriters. But uh, um, yeah, I, I, I'm um, so happy for him and so happy for his family and uh Totally redeemed himself. I didn't know he could do it, but he did it. Um, let's grade us. Rich, what are you, what are you going to give this? I'll probably give it a B plus. Yeah, me too. I was going to give it a B plus also. Mm-hmm. Four stars. I'm going to give it four stars. I was thinking three and a half, but no, no, no. And there's some image imagery in this film that is glorious to look at. It's probably the, some of the best comic book imagery I've ever seen in a, in a superhero movie. And yeah, it deserves a four star just for that. It deserves four stars for me. Uh, Raymond, what's your grade? I was going to give it actually uh, the same same score as you guys, a B plus. That's the score I was going to go with. That's what I felt was the most appropriate score. But I've actually seen the movie uh, three and a half times. (laughs) And uh, I I think I'm going A minus. 
Mm-hmm. Oh. I really think this is like one of the greatest comic book movies ever made. Mm-hmm. But do you agree the epilogue should have been ed- edited out? I I do for a theatrical cut, but mm-hmm. look, there's a possibility they're never going to follow this up with anything. Yeah, I I think uh, I think WB is once again uh, throwing this under the bus uh, because I'm. Everyone knows this is huge in HBO Max. Um, this is massive. Yeah, but they'll they'll never admit that mm. it's gonna be it's gonna be they're gonna overshadow it with the uh, Kong versus Godzilla. But, but look, but look at the same time, you have to. You, we, this is something we all have to remember. Ben Affleck supposedly is like out, right? And yeah, if Ben yeah. Affleck is not coming back, right? Then it's it's one of those situations where it's like there's you kind of can't do it. You kind of can't follow this up with anything right. maybe you could do the cyborg movie but uh, but ray fisher also has his own problem <laughs> with yeah, brothers. Yeah, yeah but also this this would have never ever ever happened if the pandemic uh didn't or, or didn't happen yeah sure, pandemic sure. and hbo max a combination of those two yeah if the pandemic didn't didn't happen this would never be uh, uh possible in, w- yeah. in wb's mind they'll never throw money into it Who's the biggest winner this week? Zack Snyder's Justice League or uh, the first episode of The Falcon and Winter Soldier? I think it's a Justice League. Um, I think, I think it's, it's totally overshadowed the the um, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. But, yeah, it's, it's, but it's, that, it was just one episode. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I agree with everything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think Justice League won the week. But uh, yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to win the month. So bring on uh, the David Ayer uh, cut <laughs> for uh, yeah. Suicide Squad. Definitely. Yeah, I mean that's that would be the best way to follow this up. You think so? They have they have all the footage right there, right? Right. That's what David Ayer said. He has like it's ready to go. There's an R-rated cut completed. But the problem is, everyone loves this movie. This is getting so much press. <laughs> if David Ayer releases a R-rated cut of Suicide Squad and it's still a pretty bad movie. That's the end of his career. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean it's, it's, it's a pretty bad. It's it's a pretty. He's in a pretty bad spot now, but uh, I think it's like he, there's no coming back. So maybe he didn't want. Maybe not release it yet. Maybe uh, have something else. I heard that there there's a R-rated cut of uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. You ever heard that? You you hear that? No. There was these rumors that there's an R-rated version of the of uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, the Chris Columbus comet family comedy. And Chris Columbus, the director, he came out and said, yeah, there is. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently, Robert Robin Williams uh, improvised a lot on the set, and uh, he would uh, shout out a bunch of F-words. And so oh. there's actually an, a rated R version. So I don't know. Maybe this is going to start a new trend. Maybe we get the R-rated cut of uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Maybe we get something else. You know, who, who knows? Well, I, I guess may, maybe uh, you have a good point about the A-R cut. But I see no reason why not let's try let's try to redeem Joel Schumacher because there is the Schumacher cut of Batman oh yeah Forever. yeah there's yeah, a forty Schum- minute forty minute version uh, longer a forty minute longer version of Batman Forever that's supposed to really flesh out Bruce Wayne extend Bruce Wayne's uh, storyline and really develop Bruce Wayne in the way that we we haven't seen in live in any live action film before. I would love that. I would love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, Joel Schumacher's not with us anymore. Didn't he pass but away? It would be a thing that yeah, could, could, could be could be added to his legacy. 
I would, yeah, I would love that. I mean, because I, I do, yeah, I remember hearing about that cut, and uh, it was like a much grittier. Was it a radar, rated R cut? No, no, just a. It was just going to actually flesh out Bruce Wayne and and the and actually you know delve into his backstory and you know all all the stuff. Um, not not like just flashbacks to when he was a kid, but you know how he how he processed all that. Yeah, mm, mm. yeah, that would be. I lo- I love that idea. Yeah, let's release it. Let's release all of them. <laughs> release solo. <laughs> the oh, solo. yeah, the Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Cut. <laughs> Bring them back. Yeah, well, why not? That was it for this episode. Uh, if you want to hear our past episodes, Rich, where can the people hear our past episodes? <laughs> Other than going to uh, InsideFlix.com. Uh, they can look up InsideFlix at Apple iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, and... Uh, why not try uh, Spotify while you're at it? Yeah, why not? <laughs> we're in, we're available everywhere so far, yeah. right? Find all our links at InsideFlix.com. <laughs> all right, so uh, all right, so we're gonna our next episode. We're gonna do a whole spoiler-filled episode of Justice League, the 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 Zack Snyder cut, and so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, but for now, thank you for listening to Inside Flix. We'll be back very soon. All right, bye bye.